Welcome back to another episode of the CG Business Advisor Podcast brought to you by CG Tax Audit and Advisory. We hope you enjoyed our last episode because, well, we got a repeat guest. Yeah, Jacqueline Schinnerer rejoins us on the podcast as we talk about the financing process and the preparation that goes into it. Last episode, Jacqueline joined us, talked about picking the right banker, and she will talk to us now about financing. A little background on Jacqueline Schinnerer. She's the founder of Commercial Capital Solutions, LLC. She specializes in startup capital, tax credit finance, franchise finance, and microloans, impact lending, commercial owner-occupied, and investor real estate, business acquisitions, and so much more. Jackie has a passion for helping businesses succeed, grow, and plan for what's next. First off, Jackie, welcome back to the CG Business Advisor. Good to have you again. Thank you. Glad to be back. So uh, we obviously talked about the banking and financing process, finding the right banker, all that fun stuff. Uh, But when it comes down to the financing process or the lending process, talk about just the importance of the the preparation, everything that goes into it for for many companies. Uh, Just how does the journey begin? I think that what's most important is to have somebody give you a realistic opinion of what's available before you do anything, you know, um, going through, you know, I see a lot of people, um, wanting to do the process, but not really like figuring out the why and the how and what can be executed given market considerations. And so, you know, a lot of times I'm trying to figure out, well, why are you trying to do this? How are you trying to do this? Is this a good fit? Who is this a good fit for? And then, you know, so, so I, I want to make sure that business owners understand that there's an importance around um, trying to understand the why before you take a lot of time to go through, to go through putting together a full financial package, you know, just to maybe get to an answer that you weren't really, um, expecting. And so I think that that's incredibly important. You know, um, there's a lot that's going on and a lot of, a lot I see in terms of like clients going through financing, right. Um, there could be, um, a newness to their business. There could be some variations in profitability, you know, that need to be discussed. There could be some existing debt, um, that needs to be restructured, you know, maybe they um, have maxed out, you know, what's available in terms of regular bank guidelines, in terms of cash flow, being able to support the debt repayment, collateral, being able to support the debt repayment. Um, you know, maybe we need to talk a little bit more about why putting projections forth are going to be so important in a lender looking at this. You know, I, the SBA, um, I do a lot of SBA lending. I think it's a great product for, for, a particular type of client, especially with acquisitions and expansions. And so, you know, are you prepared with not only a financial package that we had discussed on the first podcast, but are you also um, prepared to discuss projections and how you came up with those? Um, And so there's there's a lot of things to consider along with just the overall financial package. Um, It's really about the people that are behind it and the story that that's behind it. Um, and then, you know, there, there's a lot of times where clients think that, you know, maybe they fit within a tier A lender, but maybe it might be a tier B or tier C lender. And 
that's not really the route that they want to go. And it's not going to make sense to borrow at this cost of capital and the structure of capital, you know, for their business to be able to support it. So, you know, I, I think everybody would want, I mean, coming from a small family owned business myself, you know, I would think everybody would want to know that upfront um, and then be able to, you know, this sounds like something that is doable. This sounds like this all makes sense. Now let me see the financial documentation that can back all that up. And then let's go out and let's prepare a deal memo. Let's really get to know you in the business. And then we'll put everything in, um, in front, you know, in front of a lender. But, um, you know, the most important thing is to know what you're doing, know why you're doing it, you know, un have an understanding of all your numbers, the cash flow, the collateral, you know, all the analysis that's going to go into it. So when you get in front of your banker, they feel like there's a very high success rate that they're going to be able to get this done with someone like myself or if even, and even an intermediary or another advisor being able to, uh, being able to help you with that. Um, and, you know, the most important things are, you know, the, the ones that we had, we had discussed already, the balance sheet, the income statement, the last three years of business financials, tax returns for the owners, all the aging reports. You know, sometimes we see, you know, equipment being put into some sort of collateral support. So if there's a an appraisal or evaluation on the equipment, um, you know, and so you, you definitely, I, I guess to say like the cart before the horse, um, that's where we try to come in at, you know, and just trying to get a good idea of what you're trying to accomplish and why. And there's a lot of different ways to go about things and a lot of different ways to strategize around how to get to your end goal. And we always want to give the clients, you know, honest advice, market feedback, and then have the client, you know, kind of decide what's best for them. But, you know, other than the value of our network and underwriting an initial package, I think it's really important to have someone put a deal memo together for you that includes all the high-level financial metrics, trends, your collateral base, the background of you and the company in a way that's formatted where a lender can look at it and it can accelerate a path to take a client, um, whether a lender wants to work with them or, or not. You know, if we aren't involved, you know, typically what we end up seeing is that Clients talk to a banker, banker, they collect a package. It's a thanks, we'll get back to you. And there's a there's a story behind every business that needs to be told. There's a story behind all the, you know, different financial metrics and performance that happens. And so, you know, all of those things like need to be discussed. And so you can get a lender really excited about working with you. And when there are some hiccups or there are some you know, maybe risks that you see within the port with within the financial metrics, you know, they're like, oh, well, we get this because we understand the story that's behind, you know, maybe those those numbers that um, lenders are going to have some 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 discussion about. So all of that goes into obviously you're being prepared. Uh, any other materials that you would need to put together before you go out for financing? You know, I really think that that's, those are the main, those are the main ones, mm -hmm. right? Is that, um, you know, the, there's going to be a, a much heavier weight on how you're performing currently. So I see a lot of clients that have had declining revenue. That's going to be an issue for lenders. Um, you know, so there's going to be more of a weight that's put on how you've performed, but what, what makes us so challenging is that we are in kind of an unprecedented time, right? You've got um, co all these different issues that have happened with COVID. 
A lot of businesses have really struggled through COVID. Some have stayed consistent. Some have done really well. You've got huge supply chain issues that are affecting a lot of customers. You've got labor shortages. There's a lot of concerns about inflation. Um, and how do you, and, and interest rates going up as well. So like as a banker, how do you, how are you able to address all those concerns from like a forward-looking standpoint based on data that you have? Because I, I would venture to say that a lot of the, um, nobody stayed consistent, you know, during these last three years, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, there's been a lot of things that have changed. There's been companies that have had to pivot. And, and so, um, you know, other than probably the metrics that we talked about of providing the financial statements and the financial package, you know, I think you need to really understand like your industry, industry met metrics, be able to speak to revenue changes, be able to speak to key customers, be able to speak to, you know, key performance indicators, be able to speak to your suppliers, your contracts, how you bill, how you collect, what does your leadership team look like? Um, you know, because there's so much that is, is also going into, you know, how does this business operate on a day-to-day -day basis and what are their relationships look like and how can we, how can we as a lender be sure that this reoccurring revenue is going to be able to continue in order to pay back our loan? Yeah. So um, when a lender, like what, what a lender is obviously going to ask more questions than that. So what answers should you have ready? Um. You know, it's, it's really difficult to say because, you know, everything is going to be based upon, you know, an individual client's needs, right? There or an individual client's financial situation and the background of their company. But what, what I see a lot um, going into is that, you know, there, there's going to be, you should really be able to be able to talk about the financial performance of the company. You should really be able to talk about your balance sheet, your income statement in and out, who your clients are, how they pay you, how long they've been your clients, where you're getting materials. And, and, and the issue is, is that every industry is different, right? You have professional services, you have manufacturing and distribution, um, you know, you have technology, you have healthcare, you have construction, you know, all of those industries present you know, different underwriting challenges to a bank um, that they're going to want, they're going to want to dig in. But I, I guess the most important thing is that, you know, the bank has faith in that the company is extremely well run and they can be repaid. Right. And whether that is the cash from the business, you know, liquidating collateral, if that's the case, um, or being able to fall back on, you know, a solid personal guarantee of somebody being able to step up to the plate when all things go wrong um, and be able to repay back the debt. Talk to me about some success stories that you've seen. Yeah. You know, the, the success stories are always really fun. Um, you know, I guess it's like a general rule of thumb. We talked about being organized, knowing your numbers, having a financial package prepared, um, having a strategy of who you're going to approach and why. And be timely with your responses and documentation and just over communicate through the process. But I, I wanted to share um, two success stories that happened recently. Um, one of mine was a client that I was working with in Brooklyn. Um, it was an owner occupied industrial building. The client was looking to refinance the building. The rate was coming due. Um, they wanted to take a little bit of cash out for personal reasons. And 
you know, she is a longtime advisor, right? She's attorneys, accountants, financial advisors, um, had referred her to a bank relationship they had. So, um, you know, because she's a pretty well networked business owner, you know, she has a lot of resources and uh, she was also referred to me. So she came to me and she had a term sheet uh, from the other bank that was introduced to her. And keep in mind, I'm not a, I'm not a bank. I'm an intermediary. I help clients go out and work with a multitude of banks to get them the best offer. So when she called me, you know, we went over the offer. I reviewed it with her and it was really, really good, right? No doubt about that. It was a really solid, strong offer and she was a really strong borrower. So, um, you know, I, I was very open and transparent with her that I thought this was a great offer. Um, I liked her. I wanted to help her. I love working with women-owned businesses. And, uh, um, you know, we decided to kind of work together. So I got her two other offers. One was with a bank and another was with a non-bank lender. Both my offers were a little bit lower rate, nothing to get like super excited about. Um, but what was great about my both of these offers is that the fixed rate term was five years longer than what the original bank had proposed. And there was really no plans of selling the building in the future. So we discussed um, also shortening the amortization or payment schedule of her existing loan or existing loan repayment um, because it was the same payment that she was paying right now. And so since she didn't need to greatly drastically reduce her payments and kind of re-amortize her loan so that she's paying the majority of interest up front on it, we decided to keep her on a 15-year fixed rate term. So what was fun about this deal is not only did I get her a longer fixed rate term and a little bit lower interest rate, you know, we saved her $967,000 in overall interest expense that was wow. going to get paid. And when, you know, when people talk about, you know, I think business owners are really trained to think about, well, what's my interest rate? What's my interest rate? Um, there's a lot of other things to, to consider that's part of like an overall lending package for customers. And so, you know, this loan gave her a 15 year fixed rate, uh, gave her $2 million of cash out, saved her almost a million dollars in interest expense that she was going to pay. And, and also what was great about this offer is that the other bank that she had had the offer from um, wanted a full personal guarantee. I got away with getting her a limited personal guarantee. So what that meant is only 35% of the total loan amount she was on the hook for. And clearly that's going to be decelerating at a high rate because it's a, or a, um, what I want to say, it would be accelerating quickly because she's on a 15 year mortgage. There's no financial covenants like fixed charge coverage, debt service or leverage. And then the non-bank lender didn't require her to move her banking relationship. So she's not tied to any bank. And so she can go out. She does want to move from her larger bank. She's one of those clients that is a really solid customer, but she's with a bank that's just too big and focusing on much, much bigger international clients. And so now she can go out and choose a, a banker that's great, you know, that's going to be a, bet, a better fit for her without being tied to some sort of lending relationship. And then the second one I wanted to talk about, and I see this happen more often than not, but a client was referred to me. He was about four months into the process with a regional bank. And the business that he was buying, if you if you took a look at it holistically, it fit all the typical bank underwriting guidelines. And at the very last minute, and it's an acquisition, and there's so much going on in the M&A space right now um, that there are a lot of things that can, that can happen where these deals don't necessarily come to fruition. 
And when you're taking four months to get a, a deal done, you know, the seller's going to have some concerns, right? Like, are you a viable candidate? Can you get financing for this business? And it might cause him to want to do, want to work with somebody else to buy his business. But what ended up happening is after four months of dragging my client through the mud, um, the bank pulled his term sheet or told them that they weren't going to be able to approve the loan because they had a client that was in a similar industry. They went out of business and they left the bank with a large outstanding credit that was really difficult to collect. So they just made a blanket lien that had, or like a blanket position that they're just not going to lend in this industry. And we left my client holding the bag after four months. And so, you know, thankfully when he got referred to me, we were able to step in quickly um, I had an approval for him within 10 days and um, because there wasn't any real estate uh, required and there was always already a business valuation completed, you know, we were able to get that deal done really quickly. Nice. So those are some positives. Um, let's talk some negatives here. Uh, give me an example of something that has gone wrong. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of stuff that goes wrong and uh, a lot of it, my, in, in many instances, it doesn't have anything to do with the lender, the client. There's just all these things that can come up um, during the process. And some, you know, we had mentioned a little bit, or I'd mentioned a little bit that the M&A space, there was a lot of uh, um, deals that got very far along in the process that ended up not working out. But, you know, I think, because I come from a banker background, um, I know how difficult it is to get deals done. And so for me, I'm always on the very onset trying to figure out how a deal can go wrong, you know, because the last thing that anybody wants is to get involved in something like my client that we just discussed. And after four months, you know, something blows up. Um, and so, um, you know, maybe I can talk a little bit about a couple of deals that have gone wrong, but I had one client um, did not disclose a very important detail about his personal background. And it came up in the uh, due diligence right before we were supposed to close. Mm -hmm. um, I had one seller decide not to sell to my buyer last minute, which in my opinion was one of the worst mistakes that he that he possibly could have made for a multitude of reasons. But um, he listened to somebody who did not have um, did not have the background or the full story to be able to give him advice to mm -hmm. keep the company. And then, you know, I had a, another seller. Um, I was working with my buyer on buying this business, and uh, the financials that he provided were completely and totally misrepresented. And so, you know, I've seen those things happen. Um, you know, I had a, I had a deal that was in my opinion, straight down the fairway. It was a line of credit. Um, the complications of this were, there were a couple of receivables that needed to be excluded from the line of credit, but the receivables and inventory to secure the line, um, there was plenty there to do that based on like, you know, normal bank underwriting guidelines. There was a really strong business and personal guarantee behind it and a really good client to work with. Wholesale business, uh, very typical of what I'm seeing right now is that lost in the shuffle with a big bank, treated like a number. Um, he's been with them for 20 years and his renewal line, he is a million dollar line of credit. It was being renewed. And uh, the bank was just being really difficult, which 
in my opinion, it would have just been like the, mo- the, one of the easiest, like I said, you know, straight down the fairway deals. And so, um, I went out and I got him three alternative banks. Um, we decided to move forward with one and we were told at the very beginning, this is home run. Right. And the, and these are things I have 20 years. I'm formerly credit trained. I was a senior vice president at a large bank. I mean, this was a pretty easy deal to do in my opinion. And so when we got to the final credit officer, what he did is he approved the line of credit, but he reduced it to a fairly insulting limit. And so, you know, while this was went wrong, in my opinion, um, thankfully, these two other lenders, you know, we were very open and honest and transparent about where we stood. They were ready to go. We picked one of them and we ended up closing it with another institution. So, you know, I just imagine, right, that had this client not have, we had not been working together and they had gone through this process on their own, you know, they, they probably would have been in a really bad situation. Um, and, you know, I guess as a, you know, maybe some, some, as a general rule of thumb, right. Um, always be transparent. It's always going to come out. Banks do a lot of due diligence. Um, make sure, you know, every, every business there's weaknesses, right. Every single one of them and make sure you address them up front and either a bank can live with it or not, you know, hire somebody to help you or hire an expert to help you, um, I see a lot of people make the mistake of asking or demanding too much too soon, which is a huge turnoff to bankers and lenders, especially the good ones. I see a lot of clients have um, unrealistic expectations about, you know, maybe where they fit within a risk rating um, and, and what type of terms and conditions that they can get. I think being flexible, being responsive, being transparent, Um, the other big mistake that I see clients make is they overshop their deal. And so when you go to a bank and you tell them that you're talking to 10 different lenders, it's totally logical that you're going to talk to a couple of different banks or hire someone like me to help you with the process and get a couple of different banks. But nobody's going to be excited if you're telling them that you're talking to 10 different people, you know, um, And then, you know, other than the financial metrics, business is about people, you know, this business is about people making loans to people. And so make sure that you're always representing yourself in the absolute best light. Um, The other mistake I see, which is a big one, um, is that a lot of clients don't read the fine print. I see clients sign documents or accept term sheets um, or write big checks to go through due diligence without really understanding what's in the term sheet and how it will affect them short and long term from a borrowing capacity standpoint. Um, and so those are, those are some, some deals that I've seen go wrong and maybe some overall general guidelines of what I see that doesn't help customers in their case in terms of securing credit. Great. Uh, tell us a little bit more about commercial capital solutions. Sure. Um, you know, I thought maybe I just kind of outline our process really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so really it's about having a discussion to outline your goals and priorities and expectations. Um, if we think we can help, you know, we'll look at, a, we'll ask for a full financial package. You know, what we'll do at that point in time is we'll analyze and underwrite your financials, which includes trends, historical performance, industry, competitors, personal metrics, customers, suppliers, vendors, debt, cash flow internal systems or any other risks that we um, deem valuable for a lender to know. 
And then after we've gone through all of that, um, we've tip, we typically know where to go and who to go to and what it's going to look like, but we go back and share our insight with our client. And then we either agree to move forward together or, um, just kind of share some education with our clients. And then, you know, we go out privately to our lender and banker network. We never disclose our client, you know, until we get into like an NDA and there's serious discussions about moving forward with the lender. And then what we do is we present the most compelling offers. And so I think a lot of people just want to think about, you know, rate and fee and structure, but some of the other important ones are, you know, what are your financial reporting requirements? What type of due diligence is going to um, be performed on the company, whether it's a quarterly or annual basis? What type of covenants do you have to adhere to? What type of guarantees do you have to provide? You know, are you able to prepay, prepay the loan? Who does the renewal process? How is your collateral monitored? Um, you know, and um, getting some guidance around, you know, some intercreditor agreements and, you know, PPP and EIDL guidance, you know, if it's applicable, um, you know, and then, and then we make a recommendation and then we help our client get a term sheet. There's typically some due diligence um, and then we'll monitor the process through closing. So any sort of outstanding items that need to be collected, reviewed, we'll oversee the whole process for our clients. That's great. Where can people go for more information and to contact you? Uh, they can contact me at my email at my initials, JS at commercialcapital.solutions. Um, or they can reach me on LinkedIn, J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E-S-C-H-I-N-N-E-R-E-R. -E 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 Jackie, uh, thanks so much for joining us once again and providing some great information. Thank you. Such great information from Jacqueline Schinnerer, and we really do appreciate her joining us on back-to-back -back episodes. She might be the first repeat guest we've had on the CG Business Advisor. You know, 40 episodes, I'd probably have to go back and see if we have had any repeat guests. Anyway, if you've missed any of our 40 episodes or the 39 prior, be sure to uh, subscribe, follow the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And for more information about CG Tax Audit and Advisory, head to cgteam.com. We'll talk to you next time right here on the CG Business Advisor.